What I've always loved about style is the subjectivity of it, that it means different things to different people. It has more to do with the way we move through the world than it does with the clothes that we wear. Ultimately, it's about passion and attitude. I've spent decades working in fashion's trenches, seen the best and the worst of human style, and have had the chance to get up close and personal with some of the world's most iconic and intriguing characters. I'm Jeannie Becker, and this is Beyond Style Matters. On today's episode, Anna Swee. We're looking back, it was magical, and it was so real because it wasn't a manufactured thing. We weren't paying these people to come. We weren't um, offering them anything to be there. They wanted to be there. And it was so much fun, you know, like I'd be doing a fitting and like one of the models will say, oh, can I bring my boyfriend? And would be like, sure, because they were going out with the top rock stars at the time. Of all the cool rock and roll parties I ever attended, and with my history, there have been plenty. Few compared with the seasonal scenes I experienced during New York Fashion Week, backstage at Anna Sui's shows. As one of America's most beloved and iconic designers, Anna hosted some of the most legendary pop figures, from musicians and supermodels to actors, artists, and it girls. And the exhilaration that came from never knowing who you were going to run into or what kind of sartorial eye candy Anna was going to send down the runway was always one of the week's sweetest gifts. It was as though Anna had mastered the art of time travel, with her heart-swelling vintage-inspired collections that were rife with nostalgia and both pop and historical references. She understood styling before stylists became a thing, and never failed to serve up some of the most delectable mashups of feminine fashion to ever grace an American catwalk. Anna's powerful brand quickly became a favorite with hip young women the world over. And today, over 30 years later, it's still going strong. Nothing puts a bigger smile on my face than uh, knowing that you're, you know, on the, on the other end of this line, Anna, that you're, uh, that you're out there uh, in the world and just thriving and glowing and, and being the bright light that you've been for so many years. I'm just nuts about you. Okay. I had to preface it by saying all that. And you have inspired clearly a generation of uh, young women to be originals. And um, I thank you for that right off the bat. Well, thank you. This is a thrill to see you. And of course, like you were always my favorite and I miss you so much, but here we are together again. Uh, Absolutely. I I don't know how these times have been treating you. I mean, very uncertain, quite the emotional roller coaster for uh, so many of us. You know, one minute we think, okay, we're going to be okay. And then (gasps) are we really going to be okay? What's your philosophy that's really seeing you through this? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a scary time, and but I'm like the ultimate optimist, so I'm always like trying to think of, okay, what can I do next? What What's the next step? And, you know, quite frankly, it's like one step forward, 10 steps back, but yeah. still gradually we're moving forward. I mm. think that, you know, an exciting thing is, that's been happening in New York is this outdoor dining, which is getting people out and about again, yeah. because it was just a deserted city for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a, it's going to be a slow process and we have to be cautious and 
It's just this is this is what we have to do right now. How are you anticipating um, that this whole experience is going to change our attitude towards fashion and style and getting dressed up? Well, I mean, I think it's seismic because isn't that I mean, that was the first thing I thought about every morning. What am I going to wear today? And then there was those months of like, well, you're just you and you're just going to be hanging out and watching television or doing chores. So that was the first time that I wore T-shirts and, you know, dressed really casual. Usually every day, full makeup, full outfit, shoes to match, you know, jewelry, all of that. I, I just love, I just love dressing up. So I think that it kind of gave you a different focus on life, which is kind of what I'm trying to do for my spring collection is changing the focus where it's more about you and what's surrounding you. Like home is where the heart is. That's so interesting because when I think of uh, your shows and some of your brilliant, uh, legendary really collections in the past, you know, I think of this is what I want to wear if I'm going to go to a rock concert. You know, this is what (laughs) I want to wear if I'm going to Coachella. It was all about dressing up to go out and celebrate life out there, out there yeah. in the big wide world. And to be seen by other people. I mean, that uh. was the whole thing because that was your vocabulary. It's uh. like what you were wearing on your back was what you were going to attract and, you know, make friends with. And, and that was just so important to me all those years. Yeah. Uh, the whole idea of pop culture and the way it inspired you so profoundly, especially the music scene and the art scene, of course, too. Um, are you still gleaning that same kind of inspiration from those arenas? Yeah, I mean, there. from what I, I've been watching on um, streaming, there's so many great programs on. Um, like one of my favorite was Laurel Canyon. I don't know if you saw that. It was a two-part series and it just talked about the phenomena that happened in Laurel Canyon in the late 60s, early 70s. Oh, yes. I, of course I saw that. Yeah, yeah it was I mean, wonderful. It was, it was heaven. It was yeah. hours of heaven again. You know, like this is what I grew up loving and being inspired by. And then to see everybody all there and creating their music and living their lifestyle, that was so exciting. Um, I think that, you know, that's that's what I always love, not just the music, but the lifestyle that it, it, that it evoked. And, you know, hopefully... There's going to be new bands coming out. I'm sure there will be. I'm sure they're all like practicing now and like really getting their sounds down. Uh, you know, it's funny because when I think of your shows, they were such events in themselves. I mean, they were kind of rock concerts in, in a way too. Certainly there were enough musicians there as front row guests <laughs> to make it feel like you're at some kind of musical event. Uh, there was such a special feeling you know, in the tent when we walk into an Anna Sui show. It was magic, it, absolutely electric. It felt like such a party, not only in front of the house, but backstage too. And the models were there with their boyfriends and everyone was just, you know, drinking champagne and having a, a gay old time, a, a kind of hedonistic uh, experience <laughs> that, uh, that that whole era was really all about in a way you know being caught up in it the way you were because there you were running around doing last minute details I mean you were you're such a working designer (laughs) did you savor it enough did you realize that buzz that was going on was so incredibly precious at the time well I guess I probably you know didn't get a chance to really what it be in the moment because I was so nervous and preoccupied with just making sure that 
you know, the clothes were going to make it down the runway the way that we wanted them to look. But looking back, it was magical. And it was so real because it wasn't a manufactured thing. We weren't paying these people to come. We weren't um, offering them anything to be there. They wanted to be there. And it was so much fun, you know, like I'd be doing a fitting and like one of the models will say, oh, can I bring my boyfriend? And would be like, sure, because they were going out with the top rock stars at the time. Um, and it was just, it was just such an exciting moment. And then other musicians would call and say, can I come to your show? Or other models would say, oh, I have this friend. Can I bring him? Oh, do you mind if I invite so-and-so? You know, it was, it was just, it was a natural thing. It wasn't a manufactured thing. Yeah, authenticity is definitely what you've always been about. And I, I remember, you know, Lou Reed was at your show. And Iggy Pop. <laughs> Iggy and, Pop. You know, like the, yeah. Iggy Pop, who I have mixed feelings about for, you know, other reasons. You can check out that video <laughs> Johnny on Johnny Ramone. Johnny Ramone. The Ramone. Never went oh. to yeah, I, I think I saw um, Steve Tyler there from Aerosmith. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, yeah. I, oh, it was yeah. just like rockish. Yeah. 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 Courtney Ford Love, Ford. I think, was there. What? I mean, it was just... The a, you had the A-list and every <laughs> in terms of the models that wanted to do your models would kill to do your show. I mean, that was the show that you just had to be at, that you just had to do. And I know when you think of the wonderful gals at the time, ah, oh, and the classic iconic models like Linda and Christy and Naomi, who it was almost a political thing for you. Like who was going to open the show? You know, who was going to close it? opened it. Okay, Linda could close it, but you had to be very- oh, totally. Careful. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you know, I was blessed because these were my friends. And that's really how I started when on my first show, Linda and Naomi helped me get all the other models. Um, and it was all word of mouth. And again, Linda started wearing my clothes when she was doing fittings for couture. And I remember- suddenly getting phone calls from Helena Christensen and Gail Elliott and can you send us this dress? And suddenly I heard that Carl was complaining because everyone was wearing my dresses during the fittings and he was like, Anna, Anna, who's this Anna? And I mean, that was one of the things that gave me kind of enough confidence that maybe I could really do my own show. Yeah. You know, it's funny because one of the best fashion stories I have in my personal stash is uh, the time that, well, I I actually came to your shop to do a little interview with you and Naomi was there. So that was great. That was a bonus. We got a great uh, soundbite from Naomi. And I I ended up getting a pair of these black velvet bow bonnets, but they were uber bell bottoms, like crazy, you know, a silky velvet, gorgeous, Mm -hmm. rich deluxe. And I thought, wow, I've got this great Anna Swede garment. Where am I going to wear it? And then I got invited to uh, do a junket for Madonna's film. Oh, Um, yeah. What what was that film? I've forgotten the name of that film, but it was not a great film. And she wasn't very happy when I was in the, you know, junket situation with her. I walked into the hotel room, but I was feeling like on top of the world because I was in my Anna Sweet pants and I was wearing them for Madonna. And wasn't this great? And I sat down and I looked at her and she was wearing the exact same pants. <laughs> and I said to her, Madonna, like, wow, like you, we're wearing the same Anna Sweet pants. And she, you know, she looked down at me kind of like, oh, really, are we? Like she was sort of too cool to get you know, <laughs> Or she wouldn't. And uh, anyway, it was a great moment uh, for me, a great moment that I actually, you know, dressed up for that occasion. So, uh, so thank you for that <laughs> indirectly, <laughs> for inspiring, uh, inspiring those pants. 
uh, growing up for you, you grew up in Detroit and, uh, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it, at a wonderful time, of course, in the 60s and, and you just captured that whole wave uh, so well and translated it so beautifully later in your career. But what was that like growing up as a as an Asian American kid in Detroit? Well, well, I mean, we were unique because we were the only Chinese family in our whole neighborhood. And I actually never went to school with another Asian person. Um, as I got a little older, there were a few more that... Um, few more Chinese families that moved onto our block. And my parents were happy because then they had some new friends, but I didn't find myself having so much discrimination because I don't think we were much of a threat. I think we were more of a, like a, um, a novelty. And I think that um, it would be when I would go to sports events, like in other schools and other school districts. Yeah. Then I would get made fun of, but I think that in, in my own schools, I, I think it was pretty much, um, I was just a novelty. Then finally, when I came to New York and went to Parsons, I mean, there were people from everywhere, including inner city and foreign countries. So that was like the biggest eye-opening moment that, you know, I finally met other Chinese people that were interested in fashion and I've learned a lot from them even like going out to Chinatown and learning how to order food and learning about certain superstitions and traditions and um, you know that was a kind of like a growing up moment. There's been so much talk lately about uh, a kind of racism that exists in the fashion world and has existed for a long time. In terms of diversity do you think that's getting any better? I know at your shows, Anna, you were always famous for putting so many wonderful girls out there of various colors, but that wasn't the case on many of the runways that we saw. Do you think the situation is getting any better? I mean, I had the advantage of Stephen Mizell as my best friend, and he always helped me with the casting. And, you know, he pioneered putting black models on the cover of Italian Vogue. They did that whole issue, he and Franca Sozani. And it was very controversial, but also very kind of like groundbreaking when they did that. So I think that, you know, he always had kind of that sixth sense of like knowing what needed to be shown and how to show it. And he was, you know, just such a genius that, I mean, how could I not follow what he was like yeah. telling like you know this this is going to be the next model this is going to be you know the newest thing you know he he just has that instinct and what about now i mean it's it's almost as though the power of the model well has certainly has subsided to that you know models just i mean some great models around of course no question and some of them are great performance artists i've always seen models that way but they don't have the kind of clout that they uh that they once had at least I don't think so. Most don't. How, how do you feel about that whole, you know, era having kind of dissipated in a way? I mean, do you think it was a good thing for fashion, um, the rise of the supermodel? Well, through the years, it's changed a lot. When I first started, the supermodels were it. They were dominating. There was a reason they were supermodels. They'd walk in, throw on a dress, and you'd be like, wow, I didn't know it could look like this. And it was a scary time too, because they were so strong and so had so much personality and character. Like they'd come in and they'd look at the Polaroids and say, 
I want this one, this one, and this one. And you'd be like, oh, I already <laughs> promised that to somebody else. Or, you know, <laughs> so it, it, was, it was very intimidating to um, deal with those kind of personalities. And then there were many, many evolutions of top models where it went to WAIF, then it went to um, different ethnicities as they were discovering more models from um, Brazil and then Russia and then Eastern European states. Then they started bringing in more Asian models, you know, it, and so it's evolved so much through the years and it goes in waves. So you kind of have to be on top of that wave in order to have the right casting um, for the moment. And then, you know, it's, it, you know, I get my favorites and then, you know, then their lifestyles change and suddenly they're becoming movie stars or <laughs> wives or, you know, so it's just, you, you have to get used to that. It's always going to change. That's what fashion's about. Mm-hmm. So um, you have to be flexible and kind of roll with it. But do you think we're at a better place now or do you think there's still a lot of uh, work to be done in terms of uh, equality? Well, I think that we're in a good place now that people are realizing all the problems that have been going on for all these years. They're hearing voices that they never listened to before. I think that all of that's so important. And I think that it will be extreme in the beginning, then it will become, it will level out and it will be more of the norm. I mean, it's life, you know, everything peaks and then it kind of levels out. So I I think that Right now, we're just at the point of it escalating. You have been such a master brand builder throughout your career mm-hmm. and have uh, diversified uh, in so many ways in terms of the product. Um, girls have loved you so profoundly uh, since the very beginning. Do you feel that you're talking to the same sort of woman today that you were talking to back in the 90s? Well, you know, I was really lucky in the 90s when New York Fashion Week um, started attracting all international press. And that was really the beginning of globalization. And I was approached by many Japanese distributors and stores. And I got a very good contract with Isatan, who not only bought my collection, but also there were almost 20 licenses involved. And one of them was cosmetics. And at the same moment, I was approached by a German fragrance company that wanted to do an Anna Sui fragrance. So my idea was, well, why don't they get together and then they can cross distribute and they can share resources. They thought I was crazy. They said it was unorthodox, but eventually that's what, what they wow. did. And, and it was like really the beginning of globalization. I think that, you know, that's really Coco Chanel said it, you know, that's the designer secret is to have that fragrance and that fragrance will carry you. So those are the those are the two licenses that really have um, made me kind of an international brand, and with it, it has swept uh, the fashion into other countries too. Mm. And uh, do you feel now that um, people are playing it the right way? I mean, not that you're going to be judgmental, but you know, so many people saw such a window open up onto that world of possibilities when you were, you know, first masterminding some of those possibilities. And there are a lot of kids out there now that, you know, they want it all that big, that fast, that much. Are they a little delusional? I mean, do you think that it's possible today for a company that's starting to embrace that kind of a business model that you did? Well, I mean, my 
advice to every student when they ask me, like, you know, what do I have to do to become a designer? I always say, learn your craft. I think that's the most important. You have to understand how clothing is made, how it's manufactured, how to resource, find all your possible resources, and really, really learn what you're doing because that's that's the basis of a business. And, you know, everyone can design beautiful clothes, but can they get them made? Can they get them distributed? Can they get them into the stores? You know, you have to learn that whole structure. I think that, you know, that's changing along with everything else because of the internet and also with the breakdown of a lot of the big department stores. You know, when I started, there were things known as buying offices where they would come and see your clothes. They would tell every department store, like, this is the new trend. Those buyers would come to you. They would buy from you. I mean, it was, there was a whole infrastructure. A lot of that has disappeared and broken down. And now everything is the internet. Um, So we're slowly moving into like a whole digital showroom situation, which I'm kind of sad because I loved seeing people come into the showroom, Mm -hmm. trying on the clothes, touching the clothes, Mm -hmm. um, because that's what I like. You know, I like shopping. I like going to a store and seeing not only what's what the clothes are, but also how they're presenting it, Mm -hmm. what the new feeling is for the season, what the whole color story is for the season. All those things are so important to me, but things are changing. As someone who has often looked back um, with a fond, fond eye at uh, nostalgia, and I know that you're a romantic and, you you know, sentimentality reigns supreme. I, I think that's all such brilliant, beautiful stuff in this day and age. However, um, does it ever make you sad uh, to really, you know, think that we passed through this golden age that really is no more? I mean, it's something else and it's it's something mm-hmm. wonderful in its own way, but does it tug at your heartstrings that we can't go back? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you know, um, my friends and I, we kind of lament, but also we're also really happy that we lived through that golden age, that we have those images in our brain, that we still can appreciate when we see those flashes of photos from that period or videos of the shows or somebody bringing up like a dress that was made 20 years ago. You know, it's just, there, there is all that happiness still from those moments. So, you know, I, the, the only thing that, you know, I lament is that this generation isn't experiencing that because there was so much joy and kind of, I don't know, like business was so much easier to do back then. And um, when you sold someone and they put their things in their window, in their window and it would get celebrated by all the media. And, you know, there, there was just, just like so much camaraderie, I think, going on. It was a much smaller world too. You know, like people, everyone knew each other. Everyone knew everything that was going on within the fashion world. Um, now it's so vast and so corporate. It's, it's, it's really changed. I think that, you know, the, 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 the fact that everything went so corporate, not, not just fashion, but sports and music and movies, it's, it made it into something else. Totally. 
aging, is that something that uh, you think about a lot? I mean, you look amazing for I see you on my Zoom screen here and you're gorgeous as ever. But, you know, it's something that I, like I'm, I'm 68 and I'm feeling like, wow, this has been my best decade. I look forward to the next one. I mean, I, uh-huh. you know, I, I feel comfortable in my own skin. I think finally almost, um, which is a wonderful thing. What about for you? How has it affected you, this aging process? I mean, I, I think in my brain, I'm still 20. And that's a hard thing when you look in the mirror. Um, but it's a great thing when you're looking at everything that's going around uh, on around you. Like I'll be sitting having lunch or dinner with my nieces and I'm like, oh, look at, she's got that bralette on. Oh, there's another one. Oh, these are such great tops. This is the top of the summer. And, you know, I just like, I just love like seeing what young people are doing, what, how they're dressing, what the newness is and how they're putting themselves together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't do that, but I love seeing it and I can create it. And I think that I'll never get beyond that. I think that it's always like when I was at home in Michigan looking through Seventeen Magazine and trying to like figure out what the latest trend was. And, oh, okay, when I go back to school in September, this is the outfit that I want. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like, I, I love that. I love... um knowing what the latest thing is, the newest trend, um, Mm -hmm. how to look the most with it (laughs) at at the moment. (laughs) Now, do you think that there's such a a thing as, you know, dressing for your age? I mean, I personally, I I cringe a bit when I I hear that whole mindset, but, you know, a lot of people are, you know, Mm -hmm. what do you think? I mean, does anything go if the spirit moves you? I mean, I have a baby doll dress on today, so I don't know (laughs) if I'm the right person to ask. Um, Bravo. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Okay. Then we're, we're on the same page. I think that's brilliant. I think that's great. Oh, happy. I mean, you, you seem happy. I, I know that there are a lot of great memories that are making you happy and I'm sure you're being as creative as ever and that must make you happy. But the big picture Mm-hmm. How is it, uh, how has it been playing out for you? Well, I mean, I think one of the things that was a big event in my life is the exhibition that I had, the World of Anna Sui that opened first in London, and then it came to New York, Japan, and now it's in Shanghai. I think in all those years, we never looked back. We never looked at those clothes again. They just kind of went into storage, into the garment bags. And when we started pulling them out and looking at them and kind of like grouping them into the icons of my, of my design style, I mean, I never really looked at it that way, that there were repeating themes that I designed in. And, and, you know, as you mentioned, music was so important. And so you could see exactly what was going on in my life through all those clothes. And there were moments when I was, again, as you mentioned, very nostalgic and thinking about like Victorian times or the forties with Antonio and um, like his Donna Jordan and Jane Forth, like dressing them up. You know, you, you can see all of that is in, is in my fantasy, but then there were moments when it was what was going on, like the grunge period. It was exactly how people were dressing or how they were aspiring to dress. And, you know, it, it just, I never realized that it was so personal. You know, I always thought I had a separation between myself and my work. And that's why I was always able to talk about my work so easily because it, it wasn't myself. I wasn't as self-conscious. I was just talking about my ideas, my dreams, my fantasies. And then I realized 
it was all me all along. So yeah. I, I think that that was a big, big realization. Yeah, a real learning experience about yourself. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, and also, I mean, that's, that's how, you know, how you saw your work and, and what it meant to you. But, you know, I, I don't know if you realize just how you touched people and how you affected people. And even me as a, you know, as a journalist in the field there, you know, running and just as fast as I can trying to, you know, get to all my shows and do all my stuff. And, you know, I would come to your show and it would just, it would just take me back to a time in my youth, you know, and I was like 17 all over again at the mm. first Toronto pop festival. And, you know, or, <laughs> It was just, um, it was just a wonderful trip that you uh, you would always take uh, us on real, real uh, journeys, and um, I will forever be thankful for oh, the way you. you not only made us see the world, but made us see ourselves, and really tapped into, you know, that absolute deep rooted happiness that we hope to, you know, always keep there. Do you think this whole um, movement now towards sustainability is going to at all make us less eager and excited to to have as much fashion in our lives? Oh, I think definitely. I think definitely. But then maybe it will bring a new interest into flea markets and thrifting. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for, for the first 30 years of my life, I, I like... I, a lot of times I wear secondhand clothes. I loved going to thrift stores and flea markets. And I remember putting together an outfit and people thought I was wearing Saint Laurent, but I had just bought an old tuxedo jacket and a petticoat and put it together the way Saint Laurent had styled it on his runway. And, you know, maybe I got the Saint Laurent shoes on sale at Bloomingdale's, but it still looked like I was wearing head to toe. And, you know, I think that that's, that's, that's what I love about fashion. You know, people always say, oh, do you mind if I change how you did your dress? If I shorten it or if I wear it this way, or if I put somebody else's jacket over it. And I, I love that. I mean, I think that that's what fashion's about. Yeah. It's your expression and how, and how you interpret it. And I, I love seeing how different people react and wear my clothes. And you were always the most brilliant stylist before people even realized what a stylist was almost. I mean, uh, that, that's what's so interesting because now it's every, I'm, I want to be a stylist. I'm a stylist. <laughs> Everybody and their grandmother's a stylist. I mean, I, truly, I guess every woman who has a wardrobe of clothes to play with is a stylist. Yeah. You were, uh, mm-hmm. you were the original. I, I remember the first time I ever heard your name. I must have just started uh, doing fashion television. It's like in the 80s. And Walter Cessna, do you remember him? Walter sure. Cessna, yeah. yeah. And he, uh, he said, you know, I, I said, who's the hippest designer in New York right now? And, he, and, they, and, and Walter and my friend Carol Leggett said, Anna yeah. Sui, Anna Sui. I thought, Anna Sui. I didn't even, like, wow, I'd never heard of that exotic name before. And uh, before I knew it, there you were. Listen, mm-hmm. you... Uh, I, I don't know, Anna, you're, you're such a, a brilliant person and a beautiful human being. And thank you for all that you've given us so far. We look forward to a whole lot more. Are there, is there anything particular that you're working on now that, that you're really excited about or that you want to share? Well, you know, I launched um, an active line in China and um, they're about to open their fourth and fifth stores. And I've also launched Anna Sui in Japan. So there's going to be a lot more products. Now that we've taken it on ourselves, we're much more open to 
more licenses and um, much, much more diverse products. So I think that you're going to be seeing um, the Anis We Touch in a lot more things than clothing. Okay, well, I so look forward to it. Can't wait to see what you have up your sleeve. Anna, thank you so much. Continued success and so very much love. Thanks. Thank you. Love to you, Jeannie. It's wonderful to see you. Thanks for listening. You can catch me Thursday evenings on TSC's Style Matters. And new episodes of Beyond Style Matters will be coming at you each and every week. Till next time, I'm Jeannie Becker.